0: And welcome to another episode of the New Model Advisor podcast. I'm your host Laura Perkis. I'm a reporter at New Model Advisor, and I'm joined today by industry veteran Verona Kenny, who is managing director of intermediary at Seven Investment Management. Who is here to chat about some of the biggest changes she's seen in the profession over the course of her seven years at Seven IM. Hello, Verona. How are you doing? I'm
1: really well, Laura, although I don't know about being a veteran. I'm not
0: sure about that. Today. Sorry. Luckily,
1: most, luckily people who can't see me and can't see my lockdown look because it's not a good one.
0: <laughs> but no, thank you. Really excited to to be here today. I think industry veteran is a co- is a compliment. I hope so. Okay. Okay. I was hoping I'd get away with it. <laughs> so you were actually a guest on this podcast almost a year ago, I think. It definitely yeah. it doesn't yeah, feel like believe, it's no, crazy. Sure gone. Oh, <laughs> apart from in lockdown. Yeah, okay. <laughs> lockdown. Uh, I think we were talking about 10% drop notifications, which were all the rage at the start of the pandemic. Um, but today we're going to be talking about some of the biggest changes in the profession over the course of your career at 7am. So I thought, first, could you tell anyone listening a bit about your background before joining 7am and then exactly what it is you do now? Okay, um,
1: so before 7am I was at CoFunds uh, and I was marketing Prop- proposition director at CoFunds. I was at CoFunds for many, many years, joined when we had a couple of billion under management and left when we had about 65 billion under management. So. An exciting um, journey with with co-funds. Before that I was at LNG and various other places um, in London and then before that, you can probably tell from the accent, um, was in the Australian um, Financial Services and worked on wraps and investment management um, provision there. At 7am I am managing director for the intermediary side of the business, so what that means is I look after everything that we do to support advisors, whether that's the 7am platform, whether it's our discretionary service, whether it's our um, fund range that we have or our model portfolio range.
0: So, as I said, an industry veteran, yes.
1: <laughs> an impressive Man.
0: career. Yeah, and that um, also means I'm old. <laughs> no, not, ne- not necessarily. You could have done that mm-hmm. in a short space of time, but you know. Um, so, anyway, <laughs> let's dive straight in, shall we? Uh, so, what do you think are the seven biggest areas of change that you have seen over your seven years at 7am?
1: okay fantastic so what i thought i'd do is i thought i'd break
0: it down into three areas and talk
1: about clients advisors and the market including regulatory change so you know if i just kind of condense it to the to the seven years which i can't believe it's been seven years but i think there's been you know two really big changes on in regards to clients and and how clients approach investing and financial services and, you know, you can't go any further than talking about, you know, whether you call it about sustainable, responsible, ESG investing. And yes, the regulator um, has had a little bit to do with this, but I do actually think that there's things going on out in the wider world, non-financial services related, that, um, you know, is hit the industry. And it's it's a great thing. You know, we've been calling it the Attenborough effect. You know, everyone's been reading a life on our planet and, and all those kind of things. We've got COVID, you know, and your know, global warming you can't escape it and i do think that there is this big sea change for how clients want to invest seven years ago that definitely wasn't the case um at all yes there was sustainable investing and actually 14 years ago 7im launched a a sustainable fund but nowhere near getting the um you know getting the discussion that that was seeing today so i see you know that whole responsible sustainable investing i actually think on the technology front that's a really interesting one and i'd actually say what's really interesting is that you know technology is how we do everything and even during lockdown it's how we do literally everything even if it's just having a drink with your friends these days mm-hmm. virtually but what i think is really interesting is that maybe clients aren't demanding enough from financial services um and particularly um, you know, their, their interaction um, you, know, you only have to think about robo-advice a couple of years ago and that was going to be oh that's how everyone's going to access um, financial advice but what we've seen is that yes technology is great and it's an enabler but people uh, and clients still want to talk to a real-life human being which is of course what they should want to do when they're talking about investing or when they get to retirement they're talking about you know the biggest pot of money that they're ever going to have in their life you know they do want to be able to talk to to advisors which then leads us on to advisors you know every year you could say this but I really really think that now more than ever your financial advice is so critical and so necessary and so important and I think a really interesting thing is that actually um, everyone's realising that and not to say the advisors didn't know that before of course they did and so did all their happy clients but, you know, we talk about, you know, consolidation and what's going on in the market. And I don't think there's ever been more interest from advisor consolidators and, and private equity firms and investors actually looking at this part of the industry. You know, we can talk about platform consolidation and, you know, that has been talk, spoken about you know, so much. But I think it's really interesting what's going on in the advisor. Mm-hmm when it comes to consolidation and getting um, you know advisors you know to be
0: able to give advice to to many more people. Mm consolidation's super interesting. It's been such a we've oh. seen I think overseas Massive overseas businesses buying up little English advice firms. It's been so strange. <laughs> yeah, no,
1: absolutely. I think, you know, when I first came to the UK, now I really am a veteran because that was 16 <laughs> years ago. Um, I came here very young, I will say that. Barely mm-hmm. um, out of school. Not really. Um, you know, when I first came here, what was really interesting is I thought, oh, this, you know, advisors and, you know, advisory business, this is still a cottage industry. Um, over here, well, in the Australian market, we had these big conglomerates, dealer groups that most advisory advisory firms would belong to. And that wasn't the key dominant player here at the time, but it does seem that um, you know, we are moving to many more national networks. Um, yeah. Now, is that a good thing? Is that a bad thing? At the end of the day, it should be the client, the judges, and as long as their client's still getting good client outcomes, then you know, that's what we're all about. So I think that's been really interesting. And of course, there's been so much um, column inches, you know, on that every day, it seems that there's another consolidator announcing they've bought some more advisory
0: firms It actually got to the point last week. It's like, how many left is there to buy? I know, Don't we really know it? again? <laughs> and it feels like the same story uh, every week, but yeah, anyway, we'll come back to that later. There's a yeah, lot to talk about yeah, on consolidation. Yeah. So um, yeah. I wanted to start then with talking about responsible investment, which is what you started with. Um, Mostly because we hear a real mix of views when it comes to responsible investment and uh, ESG uh, and some, some are saying it's the biggest factor influencing, influencing their clients' investment choices. And others are saying about 1% of their clients actually care about this. And, uh, they feel like they're the ones driving that conversation. So, I mean, what, what's your view on that then?
1: Yeah. And, and that's what, that's exactly what I'm hearing. There seems to be some advisory firms that actually, this is now how they invest with their clients okay so they do their whole mantra is you know we're going to do you know your financial planning we'll get your affairs in order and the investment solution will be one that is a responsible sustainable ESG solution and that's how they do it I was even speaking to one advisory firm and they said you know what if somebody wants something that's not in that then that spectrum then we're probably not the right financial advice for, wow. firm for them which I thought was really interesting mm. then I speak to some other firms and they're like Oh no! This is just an industry thing, um, and the clients never walked in and said, "I really want to, you know, invest responsibly." So we do seem to have the the whole the whole gambit. I will say that for me, though, it does seem like a little bit of a perfect storm because the industry has just gone, as we know, ESG mad. Mm-hmm. Uh, but at the same time, there's so much, as I mentioned before, so much going on in terms of you know, the COVID and you know. The, you know, the whole, everything to do with climate change and all of those things, that there is a a, a big focus on that. And, you know, I wouldn't say it's an age thing either. Mm
0: -hmm. Yes, we've
1: got Greta being young and, you know, inspiring um, and and talking to, to one generation. But I also think that those that are in and at and approaching retirement, they're also in many cases looking for investment solutions That's going to be for the next generation, but not just in terms of leaving the money, but making sure they're investing in the right kind of companies or or solutions um, to do the right thing
0: by the planet. Do Do you find that you get a lot of questions about responsible investing from advisors?
1: We do, absolutely. Um, as I mentioned, we've got a, the 7 AM Sustainable Balance Fund. It's actually been going for 14 years and it's been a top quartile performer for the last 14 mm. years. Um, and I will say over the last six months, we've had more discussion about that fund, probably than we've had in the last 13 years.
0: Wow. But
1: that- I do think that it's also because there's very few funds that have been around um, that kind of 10 year, 14 years, you know, we know that so many new funds and models are being launched in the area for responsible investing, but most of them have only come about in the last year or two, or maybe three years when we say, Oh, as it's been going 14 years people. Oh, and yeah. Oh, great. Let's look at that track record saying that just today, um, we are launching our responsible choice model portfolios. Um, it's built, yeah no so quite exciting so we're hoping for even more questions that <laughs> but the key there is is that we are building it you know um this isn't something that we've jumped up over in the corner this is built on our strategic asset allocation and pulling through all the things that we've learned and developed over the last 14 years into these models
0: so yeah, 14 years. That seems like you were ahead of the curve on that one, like you knew it was coming. I did, yeah, <laughs> I definitely, definitely do think that we were.
1: But you know the most interesting thing, you know, when we started at 14 years ago? Client demand.
0: Really? Yeah,
1: we had a couple oh, yes. of clients that were demanding that kind of in, in investment
0: solution. Um,
1: you know, all the best things come with client demand, don't they?
0: Excellent. Uh, so you were saying that um, for some advisors, uh, responsible investing is, is their thing and they won't even deal with clients that mm-hmm. that aren't interested. Yeah. Do you think that that's going to become a bit more prevalent in the future? Do you think that it will become the norm for more advisors? I do, yes,
1: yeah. And if you had said that to me even, you know, 12, 18 months ago, I would I would have thought, yeah, that's like two or three niche players. Mm-hmm. But I do think more and more firms are going to uh, like, well, if we're going to do it, let's do this right and let's make a core to what we do.
0: Absolutely. Even in my two years as a reporter, I've seen change in attitudes. I think it's so interesting from being a niche thing to being the norm. Absolutely. Um, we could go into so much detail about this, but uh, we've got a lot to cover. So I will move on to regulation, which is something else you touched on. Um, so I suppose what do you think has been the biggest regulatory change that you have seen and all that's, that's had the biggest impact on the profession and how it operates?
1: You know, there's two that I want to touch on, one I think has had um, a big and positive impact, the other I think is much bigger and hasn't had the impact yet. So the first one I'm talking about is the value for money assessment, mm-hmm. so the um, uh, things that have come out. Um, now I think that you know, at the end of the day that's really you know, something that the fund management industry has embraced and it's fantastic so the clients and advisors can see value for money reports and completely understand you know what kind of structure they're going in whether it's from you know what it's setting out what the fund's setting out to achieve the price or the performance of it so i think that's a really good thing and it's you know it's only been around now i think last year was the first year that most um fund managers went through that Mm -hmm. um and i think that you know as we get more and more years down the track It'll even get better, so that has had quite a quite a big impact, and I think it has been a really good consumer outcome. The pensions freedoms is the other one that I'm talking about now. This is something that you know is is just a game changer, an absolute game changer. But I don't think that we've seen the impact of pensions freedoms yet, which is unbelievable because it was two thousand and fifteen mm-hmm. when you know this this first yeah, came out. Um, overnight, yes, it did have an impact on, on different parts of the industry, but I think in the next couple of years, we're going to really see um, big impacts from, from pension freedoms. And I'm going to link it back to, to platforms at, at this time. You know, I do believe that you know, ever since platforms have been you know, in the UK market, they are how people invest, they are how people accumulate. We're now going to move to a world where platforms are how you decumulate. That's a horrible word, I know, sorry. (laughs) Uh, Platforms are the place that basically you get paid your retirement income from. Yeah. And I just think that's, you know, a game changer and a game changer for for, for the platforms
0: that can get this right. Yeah, I'm going to come back to pensions freedoms because I love pensions freedoms. It's so interesting. We'll come back to that. (laughs) Um, I will stick with platforms, um, an area that you're obviously very familiar with um you you talked a bit earlier about the consolidation of players and that's been a huge recurring theme over the last year we've seen so so many big players you know big shocking um big moves big mergers in the platform space particularly so um what is your your view on the consolidation of big players do you think that it's a good thing do you have any concerns about that
1: I think it's a in a way it's kind of like the natural progression so what we saw you know let's be honest our platforms yeah they've been in the UK market for, for you know over a decade coming up to two decades now but in a way they were still in their infancy and what we saw is that we hadn't actually seen the full cycle of the platform players yet yeah. what we're seeing is we're seeing those first entrants and the ones that have done really well, so I'm talking about your Transact, AJ Bell's, all those guys, um, Novio, Nucleus, you know, they were kind of in a way your startups. Uh-huh. You know, so, what we're just seeing is a natural business progression of your startups being bought or consolidated or, or floating and then moving to the next level. I do think there's a couple of key drivers behind that. And it's not consolidation for consolidation's sake. It is about, okay, they want to keep investing. They want to keep giving really good service to advisors and, and to clients. Mm-hmm. That, in the platform space, means you've got to have a, a scalable system. You've got to be always investing. You've got to be you know, on top of where technology's going and what clients want and what advisors need. So I just think it is a, a natural progression and people always say, oh, you know, this consolidation game, that's got to end soon or it's, it's got to change. And I'm like, you know, what, it'll just be something else. Again, the, you know, it'll just be a progression, but it's that's a really work, interesting yeah. space. And you know, let's be honest. It's it's great as a veteran um, to to have you know seen. Yeah, we to let the, that down. To have seen the first um, you know let's call them fun supermarkets, and then wraps, and then platforms being launched, and then seeing their progression as they grow and develop. And you know, they have been a game changer
0: for how people invest. Absolutely. And you mentioned uh, advancements in platforms as well has been a big change over the last seven years, we've seen a lot of advancements just in the last year with COVID kind of pushing and driving a lot of change. Um, On the consolidation side, do you think that having more big players in the market and and the competition there drives advancements? Or do you think that that's, that's not really what drives it? I mean, with with big companies merging, I mean, is that a concern in that regard?
1: yeah i think there's two sides of that so if i think back over the specifically over the last three years there's been lots of development and investment in platforms um some of it being that the regulator has given us in the form of mifid (laughs) 2 and then there has been um investment in terms of making sure that the platforms are scalable and can handle volume and all those kind of things and then there is the the technology for enablement and efficiency and then I think the last um, piece of, of the puzzle is how much platforms are investing for a really good customer-consumer experience. And I do think that the two things that all make such a difference going forward to, to, to clients is how platforms address clients that are in or at retirement and taking retirement income and then the experience that they have. With that platform, and a lot of that will be driven by technology. Now, I'm not saying the technology is going to take away what the advisor does, because you know the advisor is the one setting the plan for the client. But once that plan's set, you want to be able to just you know understand and and you know be comfortable that that plan is going to be executed. But then at the same time, when client circumstances change, as they always will, that the plan can be adjusted quite easily as well and give the client that really smooth experience. Because at the end of the day, once you've built your money out, you eventually want to get it um, get it out in, in the best way possible and the smoothest way possible.
0: Do, do you think platforms are already addressing that? Or is that a change that you're expecting to see in, a, in the next few years?
1: You're probably not going to be surprised. I'm saying some are.
0: uh,
1: Yeah, (laughs) including um, the seminar, again, (laughs) not surprising, you know, we're doing a lot of development on on that front um, and we are really excited about that. Um, So there's lots of development and we are really focusing on the client experience there as well. So making it as easy as possible for the advisor to give the really good advice and then the client to have the right client experience. So absolutely, I do think that um, that platforms will be investing more and more in that side of the income
0: journey and the, and the investment journey that clients have. Great. Well we'll, well, we'll see. We'll be keeping an eye on that, I'm sure. <laughs> um, you also mentioned service advancements uh, has been a big change over the last few years. So what, what exactly do you mean when you talk about service advancements? Well, I think it's really been been interesting, sorry, over the last 12
1: months, we've seen a lot of announcements in terms of, you know, client agreement, client signatures, all of those Mm -hmm. kind of things, and all of that has been um, basically COVID-driven, but technology-enabled, and that's Mm -hmm. been a great thing, Uh, you know if i could say if there's any silver lining out of this whole covid experience that we're all living through it has been that we've seen technology enablement that in the that. last 12 months so that that's that's brilliant then on the servicing side i still you know at the end of the day clients still and advisors still need to know that there you know is a good company that still has service at its heart sitting behind um, the the platform or the investment service, whether it's discretionary or model portfolios, it's being offered. You know, most of the time, when everything's working and the client doesn't need any changes and the advice still stands, you just you know people don't think about it, right? It's working. But the minute that you know changes need to be made or something happens, they want to make sure that actually you know it's more than just a bit of IT kit that's sitting that's behind all that.
0: We do actually hear and see some complaints still online from advisors about the service of some big providers and platforms um particularly to do with the pandemic um you know talking about service levels so what do you think are some areas of service that could still be improved or that are are being improved at the moment
1: yeah i do think that one of the big things that we hear is sometimes it's i'm gonna say it's a small thing but it's actually not a small thing but it's just being able to pick up the phone and speak to someone and get an answer straight away. Yep. <laughs> yeah, and, and you know, and what we also find is that, you know, even if someone's calling up because there's been an issue or a problem or an error, if the phone gets answered quickly, someone at the firm takes ownership and it gets resolved, you know, then actually that is fantastic. Even though, you know, it was an issue or was an error, it's, it's the way it's handled.
0: Absolutely. Um, I won't go into too much detail about complaints. No one wants to talk. No one wants to talk about complaints. Uh, I want. So I wanted to save pension freedoms until later because I could. This is my bag, really, and I could talk about okay. this all day. Um. So pension freedoms kicked in. You know, quite early in your career at seven am. Not early in your career, but at seven am. Yeah, cause my <laughs> <laughs> exactly. Uh, we are starting. I think to see some of the fallout or the impact of that early advice given in that area now. Um, you know, with things like British deal and, um, that's all coming out. So firstly, has your view of pension freedoms changed from when, from when it first came in to, to how you think of it now, or is your view the same, whatever that was? <laughs> yeah. So I suppose at a high
1: level, I think it's a, it's a really good thing, but what it does highlight again, is the need for really good advice. Yeah. Okay. Absolutely. So I think it's a it's a brilliant thing. Hopefully what it will mean is that clients will feel more in control of their basically their, their pension pot of money and there'll be more freedom to be able to make that pension pot of money work for them much better and then also give them the ability to leave whatever they want to leave, if they want to leave anything, mm-hmm. um, to children, grandchildren, you know whoever they want to, to leave money um, to. And you know, so that's got to be a good thing. It's all about how that good thing is then turned into practice. Mm-hmm. and That's where we need you know, really good advice, followed by you know, whether it's an investment manager, whether it's a platform, whether it's um, a product provider, to be able to provide all of those, which is with a really good um, client experience and advisor experience. So that, you know, at the end of the day, the pension freedoms will actually live up to what we all hope will be the best um, client outcomes when it comes to taking retirement income.
0: Yeah, pension freedoms has absolutely highlighted the need for good advice. Um, totally, totally. We, have, we have seen some not so good advice in that area. Uh, I think that's starting to come out now. So, yeah, I suppose how how do you think that pension freedoms has changed the need for good advice? What what are we seeing that you think hi- really highlights that? Yeah, I I
1: think that, you know, I'll tell you a couple of examples.
0: So, you know,
1: there's the rules, there's the regulations, there's what you should do, but there's also a lot of behavioural action and behavioural, you know, feelings that come into play once you, as the person, have, you know, hit your retirement date um, and whether you're going into some retirement, full retirement, and you're, you know, basically given the biggest pot of money that you're probably ever going to, um, be given. Now, what's really interesting is that most people actually beca- become quite cautious at that stage yeah. because they know there's no more coming into the pot. Yeah. And then what that could lead to, and I think the FCA has you know, highlighted this, is that people actually then keep t- too much in cash, which means their pot of money is not working for them as, as well as it could be. And yeah. I do think it's things like that where advisors are just the, the sounding board the good guidance the good advice so that the client feels comfortable with you know how their money is working for them and how, how their money is investing now the flip side is the worst thing is especially you know look at markets back last march when we were you know at the you know the initial shock of covid and the virus and all of those kind of things mm-hmm. you know markets were up and down now if you had just retired at that stage and you have, you know, your biggest pot of money, and then overnight, you know, there was a, a decrease in, in what that's worth, of course, you know, your natural reaction is, get me out of this. Which, of course, at that time, would have been the worst thing to do. And again, that's where the advice is so important, to guide clients through that. It, you know, it really is, um, you know, you know, helping clients to, to understand that sometimes that first natural reaction
0: isn't isn't the thing to do i'm going to bring my my mom into this actually my mom uh, at the start of the pandemic she got about four uh 10 drop notifications she was freaking out and her advisor uh told her to just do nothing and lo and behold her pot has gone back i think above what, what it was at that at that time last march um
1: uh, absolutely but it's that thing when something when you're getting bad news after bad news all you want to do is like make it stop make it mm-hmm. stop get me out of this and that is just the human natural reaction you know and if someone had a told your mum at that time oh no you know relax don't worry that you're getting all these 10% drop notifications because this time next year it'll be happy days mm-hmm. you know, you've got to have real faith yeah and, yeah, yeah. Have faith. And absolutely. To have, yeah absolutely and have a great relationship with your financial
0: advisor at uh, that that too yeah a lot of trust there uh, and it paid off
1: Um, good
0: to hear yeah good to hear i I was even getting worried you know i know this and i was still seeing all these letters and i was going oh my god you know she's getting to the point where she's going to need that money soon so uh it was scary but you know it was scary for so many people yeah Mm -hmm. um so i suppose apart from just pension freedoms what are some other ways that the the need for good advice has changed over the last couple of years
1: yeah, I think there's always been a, a, a need for, for good advice but when you couple it with things such as the general population living longer, mm-hmm. you know, your money having to last you longer than maybe what you had envisaged, um, also I think you know, lots of people now and what's really interesting during COVID time I'm hearing this um, more and more is that people are putting even more money away to help children because they are worried about what is this going to impact them um, in terms of short and medium term earnings. So you know, again, that's where an advisor can really help. Okay, you know, let's make sure that you've got some covered there for the children, the grandchildren, for, for whoever you want, but also making sure that you can still have the
0: retirement that, that, that you do desire. Do you think that uh advisors are, are adapting to these the new needs for good advice. Uh like you've just said with preparing yeah, for yeah. children and things.
1: Uh, to be fair, I think the bulk of advisors have always been there. You know, let's you know, I don't want to go back to even longer to show even how much more of a veteran I am. But you know, if you go back to the pre RDR days. Yeah. they you know I just think the professionalism in the industry has just been, you know, has been has skyrocketed, and you know, advisors as a whole are, are giving really good advice. I think that the um, concern in the FCA has highlighted this is maybe there's not enough good advisors, oh, Sorry, there's just not
0: enough advisors, All of them are just <laughs> not enough yep. to go around. Absolutely, um, brilliant. I think I've grilled you on all of those areas now, so I think that we will wrap it up there okay. the
1: one thing i didn't mention i and i don't know if it's too late is the I other thing that i did want to um touch on and this is as an industry as a whole is the advancement and progression and just the discussion around diversity and, and inclusion
0: oh yeah absolutely yeah
1: and i just think you know you know even going back a couple of years there was never as much discussion and columnatures and companies putting it at the heart of their business. And I think what we've seen is that it's not just because it's cool to say, oh yeah, we've got a DNI group or and all those kind of things. It's actually because we can see that businesses that absolutely have it at the heart of their business are much better businesses and that's absolutely. because they're getting different thinking in. They're listening to, to, to a whole host of different ideas that maybe in the past they weren't. So I think that is such a, a brilliant initiative and I do think that we're only on the start of that journey.
0: Yes. Well, clearly we can see that women in companies do great things. I'm... Absolutely, absolutely. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah, absolutely, I agree. Uh, and companies, I think it, it did take a bit of that of actually being able to externally see the value of having that diversity, but now that we can we can see that and there's evidence of that uh, yeah, it's it it's driving that change it's it's good to see <laughs> oh absolutely absolutely
1: and that, I, I do say this with a bit of a message as I chair our um, diversity and inclusion group at 7am at, at um, yeah. and you know, there's so much that we can all be doing around that
0: absolutely Um thank you for adding that I'll, we'll wrap it up there then shall we um, yeah Thank you so much, uh, Verona, and thank you for your insights. And thank you, everyone, for listening. This has been Verona Kenny, an industry veteran from (laughs) 7am.
1: Thank you, Laura. Thank you.
0: And I'm Laura Perkis. I'm a reporter at New Model Advisor. Um, So I will see you soon and have a lovely rest of your day.